This podcast is a Keep Sweden Tidy Foundation production. Hello, Plastic Free Oceans. This is the podcast where we are following the progress of transforming the market on plastic products and packaging in Sweden, ultimately moving away from taking, making and wasting to a circular plastics economy. My name is Malin Lett. And my name is Jane Falkstanden. And this is the second season of the podcast Hello Plastic Free Oceans that is all about sharing insights from businesses rethinking plastics. In this episode, we're diving deep into the concept of superior flowability and the development of fiber queue and localized production, where Evelina Lundqvist met with Sara Georgsson, Head of Business Development and Sales at BioFiberTech. Welcome to the show, Sarah. <laughs> We're super happy to have you. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Glad to be here. Maybe we start at the very beginning. What does the company Biofiber do? Well, we offer a sustainable alternative to fossil-based plastic uh, that you can use for long-lasting products. So we don't target any uh, single-use or few-time-use products, but products like you can make car parts or furniture or maybe a garbage bin. So you can replace, uh, instead of having a fully fossil base, you can replace parts of the plastic with a sustainable alternative, which is produced from the Swedish forest. So it's actually 100% natural wood fibers. Okay, that's awesome. And I, I noticed that your website says that the world is changing and so is the plastics industry. What does this mean in this context? Well, biofiber tech, the innovation we have is actually... Um, Uh, chemical treatment of wood fibers to make them more hydrophobic and compatible with different types of plastics. So wood fiber plastic has been around for many, many years. But our innovation makes sure that you can use them for many more types of products. And a year ago, we decided to launch our first own material, which we call FiberQ. And when we wanted to get into this industry, the experts in the industry recommended me to not target uh the producers that actually do the products or make the material mixes for products, different type of plastic mixes. But they said, you should target the brand owners because they want to change and that's the, where the demand is. Mm. So uh, that's what I did. So since January, I started to talk to a lot of different brand owners um, and they have really high set goals. I put 2030 that they should be super sustainable when it comes to Um, energy used or material that they use and so on. But what I saw during the fall is that this pull for new <laughs> sustainable materials is not only from the end brand owners, mm. it's from all segments within the value chain. Mm -hmm. So it's also from all the producers and it's also from the plastic suppliers and the compounders, the ones that actually mix different types of plastics for uh, different types of products. Mm. So what I mean is that really... The world is changing in so many ways, and so does the plastic industry mm. need to change. Um, and instead of just having the brand owners that want to change for their sake and for the company's sake, um, you have the pool from the manufacturers to also have a sustainable material that they can supply to their customers. So uh, w would you maybe want to give some examples of these the brand owners and the producers what kind of industries are they from so it could be from the furniture industry or um, car industry or uh, logistic boxes storage 
um, electronic. So it could be for multiple different industries. Mm. And I think this, this is also where we are unique, like due to our patents and technology, we can offer this wood fiber plastic, which has been around for many years, but the uniqueness and our patented treatment of wood fiber makes sure that you can use this type of plastic for many more different types of applications. Mm. And that's where I also started to see, okay, looking at which segments could we offer this to. And now we can see that with uh, such a variety of products and segments that we can offer this to mm. due to some of the key um, components when it comes to our our innovation in this wood fiber-based plastic. Mm. Mm, okay, so the star of the show today is actually Fiber Q, <laughs> what we will be talking a bit more about uh, in this episode of the podcast. Uh, so, how does this come into the picture? How does Fiber Q come into the picture of the changing plastics industry? Well, when our founder Eric Shang um, comes from the forest industry, and when he set out to help find a solution to solve the plastic pollution problem mm. and the problem with the CO2 emissions, he was not only focusing on finding a sustainable material that could replace uh, fossil-based plastic, but he also set out to find a, um, an innovation that could function uh, when it comes to be scalable and cost-efficient. Mm. So what he did with this technology that he developed so you can produce an existing paper mill using existing infrastructure, which means that you can produce really high volume to a good price. Mm. And this was something when he looked at, okay, how much plastic is used for these type of products um, yearly and how much of that is bio-based already. Mm. And then at the time, it was less than 1%. Mm, wow. So he looked at, okay, what's the problem? Okay, how can you find good sources that you can scale up to produce in large volumes and to a good cost? Mm. So that's some of the things where he thought, okay, there's no really scalable solutions and that are also then cost efficient. So usually those two mm. go together, right? Mm. <laughs> so then when he, so, so the uniqueness with his innovation is that it can be used in existing infrastructure. You don't have to build new factory and a lot of change on like um, machinery to do this, mm. but to use the existing processes for how you produce paper, actually. Mm. So it's just a, an additional chemical treatment, drying and pelletizing. And then when I say, okay, why did PyraQ come into the picture? Mm. Well, it started with this patented technology. How can you treat wood fibers so they get hydrophobic and more compatible with plastic? And then we started to reach out to different forests uh, companies and paper mill companies and so on. Mm. But then we thought to to show how this works and how big the demand is for something like this. We decided to launch our own material mm. and our own first material is fiber cube. Mm. And mm. then what's unique with this that you can use it for a variety of products, but it's also unique in the sense that when it comes to the, the production and the ones that can deliver this material, it gives them um, better flexibility than oh, how, to, how to describe this in a simple way. Um, okay, so if you look at wood fiber-based plastic today, mm. it's one of the sustainable plastics. You need to find an already mixed stuff, wood fibers and mix with a plastic of your choice, like a, 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 a ready compound. Mm. 
with our unique technology, we can offer wood fibers to any compounder. And a compounder is someone that mixes plastics mm. with different types of additives or with different types, like in our case with wood fibers, mm. to offer a plastic material that fits the needs of whatever the brand is going to use it for, mm. right? And to be able to offer a wood fiber-based plastic, you need to have a specialized compounder mm. that has specialized in um, mixing plastic with wood fibers, mm. which means you add a lot of cost and it's complicated since wood fibers are fluffy and dusty and it's complicated process mm. to mix this in with plastic. Because wood and plastic is like mixing water and oil in that sense. Mm, okay. um, so our technology made it possible to offer these type of um, wood, not as a fluffy fiber that's fluffy and dusty, mm. but as pelletized. So a compound is actually, you can see it as a mixer. Okay. <laughs> if you see in your, in your kitchen, you would pour in two different types of, uh, you will mix uh, water and um, uh, oats, <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. for example. So since we can make um, wood fibers compact and pelletize them, mm. any compounder can use wood fibers in their existing production without making any change to their production. Mm. So they don't have to invest in this more expensive machinery to be able to handle wood fiber and deliver wood fiber-based plastics, mm. which means globally there's um, uh, multiple compounders that don't offer sustainable plastic today, but now they can. Mm. That don't offer wood fiber-based plastic today because it will mean a big investment for them. Mm. But we, since we can compact and pelletize our wood fibers after our treatment, our patented technology, now any compounder can use our material. Mm. Which so means cool. we open up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so it could be beneficial when we work with a lot of brands that have production in Europe, but they also have production in, in China, for example. Mm. And then you can locally produce the wood fiber plastic to where they have the production, mm. which means you don't have to ship the full compound, which means the mix of the wood fibers and plastic. So we just ship the fibers, then they can locally source plastic, mm. the compounding, and deliver on site. Mm. So you also save when it comes to uh, freight, both in sustainability <laughs> sense and cost-wise. Mm. And does that also mean that they can produce the amount of virgin plastics that they're using or even eliminate it completely? Or is it is uh, FiberQ always kind of a mix of either virgin or reused plastics and the and your innovation, the FiberQ? Yes, it, it needs to be a mix. Mm. But you can mix it with virgin or recycled plastic. You can also use it with other types of bioplastics, mm. like sugar cane. Uh, we're looking into corn now and so on, if you want 100% bio version. Mm. We know that this is, um, if you can use 100% bio-based plastic, that's great. Mm. But since it's a limited when it comes to the resource, uh, the volume that I talked about, what's available, mm. the pricing, and also the demand for different type of products. Mm. So what we see is with our um, fiber tube, we can replace parts of the plastic, but in a bigger variety mm. of products. So in an assortment, our goal is for you to have 
wood fibre plastic in most of your products mm. instead of having a small line where you have bio-based uh, mm. plastic. Mm. So Listen. yes, you have to mix it. <laughs> mm. Okay. Hi, my name is Lisa Posner-Frissel. I'm working with communication here at the Keep Sweden Tidy Foundation. You're listening to Hello Plastic Free Oceans. Through the Swedish Ocean Alliance, we're encouraging and educating Swedish companies, public institutions and other organizations to help protect our oceans from plastic pollution. Protecting the oceans from plastic pollution is essential because we want the next generation to experience the water in the same way as we did. Join the Ocean Alliance on our website hsr.se slash Ocean Alliance or follow the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Ocean Alliance. Back to the show. Maybe, do you want to talk briefly about the the market potential that you see? Because just listening to it, it seems significant. <laughs> um, yes, we see uh, actually a huge market potential. Mm-hmm. And um Talking to so many different brands in so many different sectors, we can see that there's a big, big demand. Something where I didn't start uh, to target at the beginning was actually the automotive industry. Mm-hmm. Because when we started with this material this fall, uh, we didn't have a, a compound a mix of our wood fibers with plastic that was good enough for the car industry. Mm-hmm. But we saw that the demand for STEM was huge. Mm-hmm. And what's happened during the year is that we started to set out with um, compounds, plastic mix with our wood fibers for a few different kind of segments, like household products, furniture, and so on. Mm. But since we've been developing a lot this year, and since we saw the big demand, from, for example, the car industry, mm. we have even further developed and ex- expanded our development, meaning that the market keeps on increasing. And at the moment, it's been increasing every week because mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. we see the uniqueness with our patented technology how we treat these wood fibers open up for many more segments and material potential than we thought mm. uh, in the beginning mm. so it is it, it is a big uh, big big market mm. um mm. so uh, <laughs> you you also you use the term superior flowability, which I've never heard before. I've never seen it anywhere else and I love it. Can you describe this this term? How does uh, FiberQ become superiorly flowable? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> yes. Um, again, not to make this too technical, but when it comes to um, plastics, the, the products I've been talking about is actually one type of a long-term use plastic mm. product that you injection mold. And when you injection mold different type of parts or products, mm. um, you need a good flowability. Let's say you would make a, a share and you need, it's going to be a share in full plastic. And the, you have one injection point and the plastic is supposed to flow all the way so you create this beautiful share. Mm. To have the good properties it can mean that the plastic you use is really slow flowing 
which means if you would add wood fibers, it would mm. be too slow flowing. So it would just get uh-huh. a third of a share before the plastic is, mm. <laughs> is uh, too cold, right? Mm. Uh, and these are patented technologies. This, this um, technology process we make uh, in production, our wood fibers flow up to six times better. Mm. And that number is six times better, which means when I started out talking to customers who've used wood fiber plastic for many years, they mm. said, well, wood fiber plastic is used to a bristle. They're easy to, to crack. Mm. And I said, well, <laughs> that was before because you couldn't mix wood fibers with this different type of plastic matrices that was good enough mm. for some applications. Due to that, they would flow too slow. Mm. The flowability of the plastic matrix was too low. Mm. We call it MFI. It's a value where you see how good is the flowability of the plastic. Mm. Mm, And now when we see that this is our uniqueness, that it flows up to six times better, which Mm. means we can use really, really soft matrices, which you have never been able to use before Mm. to mix with wood fibers because they were flowing too slow. Mm, thank you so much for that description. So, and how does that? How does the the fiber cue? Does it affect or impact the recyclability of the plastics in the end? How how does that go together? Um, yes, when it comes to recyclability, it's something. It's one of the first and most commonly uh, asked questions when talking mm-hmm. to brands and manufacturers, and. We see that you can recycle wood fiber-based plastic mm-hmm. in the sense of that how the material um, is acting and performing, mm-hmm. but there are no good recycling streams yet. Mm-hmm. And that's also one point where we target long-lasting pl- plastic products, so you don't mm-hmm. have to recycle them for many years. Mm-hmm. But we're also um, trying to work more with finding good ways and um, recycling partners that actually going to focus on this because mm. this is one thing where I see a big big potential for the recyclers to be um, targeting recycling wood fibers plastics specifically because mm. the demand is there the need is there from brands mm. so when I set out to start with brands talking about this during the spring we said okay there are no good uh, ways of doing it yet mm. and there's no um official ways of doing it in Sweden or, or Europe. Mm. But since then, since this fall, more and more brands, since there are no good, good official ways, mm. they're looking at how can we ourselves make sure this recycles. Mm. So if we make wood fiber plastic products, that we also make sure that there is a stream to take it back. Mm. Because we know it can be regranulated. It's mm. just not in the, the standard recycling process yet. Mm, okay. And yeah. how, how does one go about that? How do how do you convince them that this topic is important enough to create specific recycling streams? I think recyclability is uh, one of the keys when it comes to circularity. Mm. Because if we should use a source as the Swedish forest, we also believe we should use it for really long-lasting products that then can be recycled because that's mm. the best way of using a source, that you can mm. use it for a long time and, and, and recycle it many times. I think everyone sees that this is needed mm. and that it will come. It's just not there yet. Mm. Okay. And, That's encouraging. And, uh, yeah. 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 
And it's also when talking to some of the recyclers that they're looking at this in different ways. And I think one of the good things to be in, in this type of industry is me, that you meet so many inspiring people. Mm. And you meet so many, uh, everything from recyclers or material innovators like us or brand owners that are so excited and so dedicated to find solutions. Mm. I think also we are part of all the, the biomaterial organizations and so on. When I go to a fair, I talk to like everyone that's also, you can see it as competitors to us, but I don't. We just, we're in this together. Mm. So talking with the other ones that also do um, different type of wood fiber-based plastic and how can we together uh, impact and change the industry so this mm. is more available uh, for, for big and small brands. Because otherwise it's usually the bigger brands that can do this themselves, mm. but also to open up for, for so there's more of a Mm, okay yeah that's interesting okay so on a side note um researching for this episode i'm I'm really curious about your communication strategy because biofibers communication about fiber q is very straightforward is very clear and inviting how do you build a good communication strategy for a circular company or for circular products that also reaches those that might be skeptical about a new product like this? I'm thinking about suppliers, customers, maybe other stakeholders. How do you do that? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for, for noting that. Um, I think to start with, to be to be in um, the sustainability business, I think it's really important to be open uh, and inviting and because uh, it's all about collaboration. Mm. So I think we can't do this ourselves. So we need to collaborate. So I'm happy that you, that's, the, the feeling you got when they saw, you saw the website and so mm-hmm. on. Um, but I think when it comes to reaching those that are skeptical, uh, luckily enough, there are um, many like uh, enough that are not skeptical. Mm-hmm. What I've realized as I started to work here with this, uh, this our material is that brands are really changing. That they, they are changing for real. It's just not talk anymore. Mm. So they are looking at how to change. How can they produce using green energy? How can they be more efficient when it comes to transportation and also to find sustainable materials? Mm. So what I feel is that now a lot of brands um, and producers come to us. And at the moment, I don't have to work, focus on those that are skeptical because mm. the potential is there with those that want to be ahead. Mm. But I've already started to change. They want to do even better or the ones that have set their goal. Mm. And I think it's really, uh, we were at, um, invited to um, French Swedish Business Day in Paris a couple of weeks ago. Mm. While among others were uh, our Crown Princess, Victoria present, but mm. also really big Swedish brands. Mm. Like Essity was there, Tetra Pak was there, Ikea, H&M. Mm. And when you hear them talk about this, they are so certain it's about collaboration and moving ahead and they say that you don't build a business strategy where sustainability is a small part the sustainability Mm. is the strategy Mm. that's the business plan Mm. and Mm. and that shift I think it's shifted the the past one two years Mm. so during these corona years I've seen this this shift and it's not talk anymore and it's it's for real and Everyone seems that we need to collaborate to do this. 
Mm. So I think that's why I want, I want the communication to be open, collaborative, and also uh, we don't know everything yet, but we need to get going. Mm. So, and that's when I listen to these uh, these big companies and get really inspired about how they do and what they see. It's it's in line with what I believe myself. Mm. Mm, that's super inspiring to hear. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> so wrapping up the, the interview, I'm, I'm really curious about the advice that you might give to businesses that are starting their circular journey, perhaps working with uh, material innovation that like you are. Um, what should they think about as they're getting started, throwing themselves into kind of their <laughs> circularity journey? <laughs> oh, that's a great question. Well, the first is, I think that there is room for all innovation. Mm. That's what I see, that we don't see the other innovators in the industry when it comes to circularity and sustainable materials, sustainable energy, whatever it is, that there is room for all the innovation because mm. all is needed. So I think that's really important. And just find your niche and go for it, mm. <laughs> kind of. And don't be afraid if you don't have all the answers to begin with. Use your existing network and contacts, but also reach out to people in the industry you're targeting or other startups like us and mm. ask for advice. How did you do it? Do you know mm. people within this different type of industries? Because that's how I do it. And I believe like all the people I've been talking to, if mm. there's the, the plastic organizations or um the ones that you would see as a competitor or brands or global brand owners that we talk mm. to the biggest um, brand owners within furniture or car industry and so on, they are all so helpful. Mm. And everybody's open to learn from each other mm. and share their knowledge because the goal is a sustainable planet, right? Mm. Sustainable production, sustainable living. So that's what I would just reach out don't mm. be afraid. Uh, mm. Learn from the people around you. Connect with the ones you think have knowledge that you don't have that mm. can help you and just get started. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. That's heartwarming. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Thank you so much, uh, Sarah, for joining us today. This episode was one of many interviews made by Evelina Lundqvist in her work on our first ever white paper where we say hello to business that are rethinking plastics. This time she met with Sara Jurson, Head of Business Development and Sales at Biofibertech. Check out the links in our show notes to learn even more about Biofibertech and feel free to send us any questions or comments to oceanalliance at hsr.se. Also, make sure to follow Holsvarient on LinkedIn. More news and podcast episodes related to the Ocean Alliance is coming. You can find the link in our show notes. 